Hi everyone, welcome to our very first episode of a brand new show called The Mocha Segment. You say brand new show like we ain't done this like three or four times. Yeah, but it's his own show now, so. Oh. First show. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Excited about the first show, Aaron? We didn't even introduce ourselves. Oh, okay, go ahead. I didn't realize they forgot who we were. Uh, you you can go first. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Leslie or Lance, depending on the day. Um, I'm just here for a good time, not a long time. Oh. I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm your co-host. Uh, yeah, so the Mocha segment is one of the five new podcasts for the Black Reproductions, and this is a book podcast, so let's book it up. Look it up. Let's get booked. Anyways, Aaron, what are you currently reading right now? <laughs> um, I am currently reading The Other Black Girl, which is the book that our book club, Book Bitches, is reading right now. Hashtag so, so that's what I'm currently reading. Um, yeah. Is that the only thing? Um... I just got done reading for like the third time. We want to do more than survive abolitionist teaching and the pursuit of educational freedom. Uh, I got to read that like last night, but yeah. Plus, I am one book at a time. Oh, (laughs) that was me. Um, what am I reading? Fuck. I am. I just finished the other black girl. That was the most recent book that I finished. I think I gave it two out of five stars. I'm very excited to hear your review, Aaron. <laughs> I am currently listening to The Return of the King by J.R.R. Tolkien to finish out my first ever read-through of Lord of the Rings. And then I'm also reading The Midwitch Cuckoos by John Windham and Stridibont by Manon Stefan Ross. Thank you. And those two. So I, if you don't know what The Return of the King is, um, I'm sorry, I can't help you with the midwitch cuckoos (laughs) the midwitch cuckoos is this old like classic sci-fi horror english novel that one of my friends really liked and recommended me to read it's a little bit boring not gonna lie it kind of makes me think of a less interesting version of the invasion of the body snatchers Mm. but it has like this town midwitch in england that gets invaded by aliens one day and no one can get into the town and then when the aliens leave all of the women are mysteriously pregnant with these like golden-eyed children that then start to control their minds so that's about where we're i'm about halfway through uh sturdy bont is what i'm reading in my welsh class it is in welsh just the first book i will read in welsh and i think it's a murder mystery because i think the husband in the first story was killed and now we're everyone's hiding it but i don't know we're only halfway through so it is truly a mystery. And what are you planning on reading next, Aaron? Um, so TBD based on what um my book club decides. But what I personally want to read next is um. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I might finally read that book that you got me the bad fat black girl notes from a trap feminist because i'm really into reading non-fic right now um i one fiction that has been on my list for a while has been manhunt 
just because I love me some apocalyptic shit. So I might, in terms of fiction, I might be my next. Actually, that might be my next book. Or Local Girl Missing. There's that. Those two might be on my list. I like horror. I'm trying to get more into reading just, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I want some like nasty, scary, like, oh, I'm afraid to go to bed at night horror. You should read The Girl Next Door by Jack Ketchum. That sounds so familiar. I've probably told you about it before, but it's also fairly famous. It's disgusting. Um, I do not recommend it lightly because it made me want to create a separatist female society afterwards. Oh. <laughs> for me, on next up for me to read is Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang, which I think is because it's my choice next for book bitches. I think that's what I'm going to choose because it's in the same vein of like publishing the way that the other black girl is. Also, a lot of my uh, cohort have been reading it and really liked it. I haven't read anything by Kuang all the way through. I think I started one and didn't finish it. So I'd like to finally read something of hers. And I read, I have an audiobook for it. So I think we're going to try. And I also am going to be reading Paris, the memoir, which is the Paris Hilton memoir, which she narrates. And I've heard it's actually really subversive and interesting. And it really like unpacks the character of Paris Hilton and her as a person. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. Because I really enjoyed I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. So I'm hoping this is in a similar vein of that. Oh, well, let me add that to my TBR too. I want to read that too. I'm going to listen to the audiobook. So I cried in the audiobook. She like chokes up at one point and then I choked up and it was just a mess. I really enjoyed it. I think I gave that one five stars. I think it was very much worth the hype. I just think it was fantastic. Especially if you already have an emotional connection to her as a person. I do. I love it. So, Book Bitches Book Club update. What have we been reading, Erin? It was your choice this time. It was. The Other Black Girl. I chose this book, y'all, because I love the movie Get Out, and I love the book The Stepford Wives, and they had been marketing this book as Get Out Lisa Stepford Wives, and I was like, oh my god, this would be the perfect book to read, um, because they're both creepy, and then and I started reading it. I think I, let me look at my, what, where I'm at right now. I think I am, I am 78% of the way done. Um, I probably will be done by the end of the week. Um, I have thoughts. I have opinions. Thoughts and opinions. Sorrows, sorrows, uh, prayers. What? Sorrows, sorrows, prayers. That TikTok sound you're in the... Thoughts, <laughs> thoughts, concerns. That's you right now. Yeah, it's an interesting book. Um, I feel like I know what the author was trying to convey, but um, it just, I don't know. I, it wasn't, it, it did not meet my expectations. So I really would not classify it as get out me this up for wives. I would classify it as get out does not meet the step for wives. <laughs> Someone described it as like the devil wears Prada, which I feel like I thought I saw that also as a marketing um label, which I don't think applies either. I feel mm. like the Stepford Wives kind of works, but I do not see a good comparison to get out for this. I think they just chose that because it's black and horror and is a buzzword. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was a good comparison. Um, but whatever. I don't so- know. Even the Stepford Wives to me is creepier than this book. Mm. 
which the one I want to choose next for Book Bitches, which is Yellow Face, uses, compares itself to the other black girl, I think, in its marketing. Oh, like, God. Let me check. Let me check. Because they had two that they used. Um, It is... Where the fuck is it? Where's your marketing scheme? White Ivy and the other black girl, which I've never heard of White Ivy. Um, Which I think... It's by a Chinese actor, a Chinese author. So I have not read that one. I don't know anything about it, but hopefully I like it a little bit more. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But all in all, a good book bitches to pick because I wouldn't have read it otherwise. So here we are. And that leads us to our first topic, Aaron. Are you ready? No. Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> book censorship our favorite thing in the world so specifically i wanted to talk about this because there's a recent thing that happened with author elizabeth gilbert which if you do not know who she is she is the author who wrote eat pray love which was published by bloomsbury and was a very popular book for i think it still is even though you really can just get a copy of it in any uh thrift store you go into but she was releasing a new book this year called The Snow Forest, which I believe, I don't know like the entire summary of it. So I don't think that's been released, but it is it's set in Russia, I think in like Siberia, maybe, and features Russian characters and is a Russian family that hid in Siberian wilderness for half a century to resist the Soviet government. So it's a very um, interesting tale, I guess. I don't know why she's choosing to write about Russian people when I don't think she's Russian. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. But the thing about this is that she pulled it from publication. So she announced the publication, I want to say, in June, earlier in June, early this month, maybe the beginning of the month. And it was slated to be published the 13th of February, 2024. And recently so june 13th she came out with a video post and explained that she had a quote-unquote massive outpouring of reactions and responses from ukrainian readers who were angry and disappointed that she would release a book set in russia as the war in ukraine continues to rage on and so she said that quote i want to say that i've heard these messages i respect them as a result, I am making a course correction and I'm removing the book from its publication schedule. It is not the time for this book to be published, end quote. Which I thought was an extremely interesting thing to do, actually. And PEN America, which is a group that advocates, advocates <laughs> for writers, um, expressed kind of disappointment um in her release urged her to reconsider like the timing of it um but yeah that's kind of where it is and i find it very interesting that she chose to pull it because obviously people are going to critique the timing of anything right people are going to critique every book and we are entitled to have our opinions and i critique the time that my body says it's time to take a shit so I critique um, everything because I'm a hater. But what's interesting to me, obviously we can respect the opinions of Ukrainian um, readers. Obviously, uh, Russia is committing war crimes, hate crimes, crimes against humanity, 
against Ukraine. He needs to leave them alone. I mean, we can agree on this. But at the same time, I don't know if this is the course of action. Because from the synopsis, it sounds like at the same time, this is a book about people in Russia who are resisting a oppressive government, a, an oppressive Russian government. And obviously there are Russian people now who do oppose their government and are not for the war in Ukraine. And I saw a, I want to say it was a video on it shortly after this article asking, okay, so if we censor this book, if we pull this book, should we retroactively also be pulling all Russian literature? Should we just not be engaging with Russian literature at all then? No, that that argument is, first of all, a slippery slope because one, they, they're already published and they're just already out there in the world. This one didn't even, was not even like released yet. But I mean, I don't know. I, as you were saying, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, this is like, she obviously like self-censored herself. That's like the thing that she did. But I know that the publishing world is a little bit more complicated than that. She probably did not. She It was not her sole decision. I don't even know if it was even her idea. She probably had PR teams. She probably had other people in her ear talking about this. And also, like, is it really self-censorship? If, like, and this is just not just for her, but for anybody who decides, like, oh, I had, like, you know, uh, outpouring of a bunch of, like, fans and people telling me this. Like, is it self-censorship, like, ultimately yeah it is your decision to do it because you can't just ignore those people talking but like how much of it is self-censorship when you have a bunch of people saying like you need to like not publish this i don't know I feel but like i think that argument is slippery slope but we need to just go and start banning all i don't know i mean no abakoff for you <laughs> give it back give us back lolita no more mikhail bogakoff um but I do think it's interesting. I don't particularly think that it would be a very um, nuanced book because I don't believe that her other book is particularly nuanced. But that's just me being a hater. She has more money than me. She can sue me if she wants. Please don't because I can't afford that. I was like, she really can't though. You don't have money to afford that. That's it. But I don't know. I feel like it's an interesting take for her to do. Part of me wonders if it is a PR scheme to make the book like more lucrative when they do release it later on, because yeah. then it's like the book that was removed and that's a really interesting marketing perspective. So I think if you are on her marketing team, you could put together a really interesting campaign later on based on this information. Um, but I do think when we talk about self-censorship, I feel like it has a broader conversation when we look at the current um, atmosphere that we're living in, where there are a lot of book bannings occurring um, in places like the US, a lot of censorship. I think also the UK is starting to get a little bit of it, yeah. where it is um, like, for example, last year, the ALA, the American Library Association, recorded 2,571 unique titles targeted for censorship, which they calculated was a 38% increase from the previous year. And the vast majority were written about members of the LGBTQIA plus community and people of color. So I do think we've had this conversation before in my publishing courses, and we've seen it on Twitter as well with different writers, how writers of color and queer, queer writers are often 
encouraged not to write about those things, if you know what I mean. Oh. Not in that way, but there's a lot of times where they're told, oh, we can't market this to a wide audience because it's a bit too Black, or we can't market this because not everyone relates to this queer character. And that leads to changing of their stories to quote-unquote appeal to a wider audience, which in itself leads them to then have to censor their own selves in order to be published and make money. Live moss. Which I do think that also writers have come up on Twitter talking about how they feel like they can't write the stories they want to because it will just get banned if they do or won't get picked up because publishers are afraid of having a banned book on their hands. But And we've also seen a lot of discourse of banning books is highly detrimental to these people's um, bottom line because if their books are not available for purchase, then they can't make money. And if people don't know about their books because of censorship, they can't go looking for it online and purchase it because they don't even know what they're looking for. A mess. It's a mess, Aaron. I mean, I think that is very telling that, like, writers, like, might have to like if you're like a writer of color or you're like a queer writer or both or some other kind of identity that is being banned that like you might if you want to like i guess like essentially make some kind of profit in this capitalist society that you might have to like censor some of the content of what you're writing or the whole like thing essentially like if you're writing a book that like is specifically about being like a queer person then like you can't really write about being a queer person without mentioning that you're a queer person um and if that's the case that you have to like censor yourself just so that you can like make you know ends meet that's that is there's like two different levels of like you know content being censored and banned one the fact that i have to do this myself but also if i don't do it it's going to get censored anyway so i mean I think we can also get into an interesting discussion of where does censorship and editing like meet? Because obviously when you are publishing a book, you're going through a very lengthy um, editorial process. Some vary, some are not as lengthy as others, but I wonder how many people feel that editorial process is censorship in a way as well, which leads to needing definite um, author care with your editors, which you might not always get. And some authors might feel that their editors don't truly understand what they're trying to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know. I know hardly anything about like the uh, editorial process and publishing companies, but it does make me think the only kind of publishing editorial process I am familiar with is like academia's process. And it makes me think about um because we in my feel specifically they like recently released this whole like document about like anti-racist editorial like practices because people have <laughs> historically been very like racist and homophobic and misogynistic in the way that they like edit people's content and i don't know i'm just like i understand that like we all have to get paid and we all have to like make money and shit but like i want to know like what is like is that the end game is that the end game for like publishing companies obviously because they're companies but like i mean if 
like what are places that consider themselves to be anti-racist companies like doing like are they like gonna be like you know what even though we are in this like environment now where systemically like queer of color titles are being banned we're not going to just like be like oh okay well then no no queer content we're not going to give anything to the queer people no like, queer are, content. Gonna, like stand their ground and be like no we don't stand for this and we're still going to publish this because there are still people out there because i mean regardless of whether or not like these parents go and get these like library books banned from their schools like queer people have always been able to get our hands on like queer content if it has like my we did not have queer stuff like when I was growing up in my library it's like I had to go and search for it like you know undercover and shit so I mean I think if publishing companies are in this mindset where they're thinking like mm, you know maybe we don't want to publish this because right now they're not really it's not it's not really selling because they're getting banned um, they might want to rethink that because I don't know if that is a practice, depending on whether or not they consider themselves to be an anti-racist publishing company, which they might, and they still just might be performative. Who knows? I feel like a lot of the bigger ones are more performative than not. There are a lot of small indie ones that I feel like are really genuine about it, but they're also usually run by queer people or people of color, mm. um, which is why... I always say you should support indie publishers, and then I read books by indie publishers, and I hate them, so. Oh my god. That's my unpopular opinion, is that I do try to read, like, independent publishers, independently published books, but sometimes they're just bad, frankly. And maybe that's just my fault. Maybe I need better taste. Maybe I should work on that. Anti-wise. That's all the thoughts I have. Censorship is bad, I guess. I don't know. I We've also had this discussion in my um, courses about where does censorship need to begin and end? Because obviously, as a publisher, I would not want to publish like Nazi propaganda, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, some publishers might come out and be like, I don't want to publish this anarchist queer manifesto uh, for whatever reason. So there's always like that weird balance, which is, I suppose, why we need why corporations are a bad idea and we should have more smaller companies that can provide us with these things. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. This is all people <laughs> already know. But brings us to our last topic, Aaron. Are you ready? I am. I have a new game for us. Last month, if you tuned into the segment that became this podcast, we played Power Couple, which was two random authors. What book do they write? With such wonderful works as the likes of Stephen King and Mike Mignola and Eric Carle and Poppy Zebright, which I still think is iconic. But today, the game we have is Okay, But You Have to Read It, where each of us have to pitch a book to each other and to the audience that we don't think they would pick up otherwise and convince them to read it. So it's essentially like a little sales pitch to get you to read a book that we think is fantastic that enough people have not read. Aaron? I got the perfect book. I'm so ready. Please, please go. Please regale us. Okay. Um, what I want to pitch, and I have pitched this book to many people several times, and they have always said no because of the way that I, 
it they just don't like the way that it's described. So the book is by uh, Chuck Palahniuk. So um, I'll say that name again in a way that is uh, legible for you to understand. Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk. Um, author of Fight Club, if you weren't aware, um, and other titles that are just uh, weird. But the book that I want to recommend is Adjustment Day. As y'all know, I am a um, ooh, a connoisseur of apocalyptic fiction. And this book is just that. It's like an apocalypse novel um, where the United States is like corrupt. And like, there's like this like kind of like Coty vibe and they like have this specific day. It kind of feels kind of like what's the what's the last day in the Bible that they have what, what they of how, uh, day of reckoning, uh, something like that. I don't think it's the rapture. It's before the I don't know After, whatever the fuck it's called. Whatever. I didn't read the Bible. I did. I but know. anyway, the country gets divided into three different countries: Blacktopia, Caucasia, and Gaza. A country for black people, a country for white people, and a country for gay people in the United States. But it all starts with a bunch of like journalists, academics, and like uh, radical leftists being like assassinated. And it's like this is how the country is because you know it's it's kind of hard to decide if he is being satirical about quote the radical left going too far or if he is like I don't know what he's doing, but. It's such an interesting book, and I think you all should read it. Get past the fact that I just told you that there are countries called Blacktopia, Caucasia, and Gaza, and how problematic that is in terms of just so many different reasons. But I think you will enjoy it because it's so freaky, and I like freaky content. So that is my pitch for Adjustment Day. But thank you for that. Uh, I love the nations of Caucasia and Gaza, where I don't know where I would be a citizen. Girl, am I going to Blacktopia? Am I going to Gaza? Who knows? Where is Josh going? <laughs> There's got to be like a city in the middle. Uh, the book I would like to pitch to you all today is Sky People, Untold Stories of Alien Encounters in Mesoamerica by Dr. Artie Sixkiller Clark. <laughs> I love her. Dr. Artie Sixkiller Clark is a Native American woman let me look up where she teaches because I forgot. I think it's the University of Montana. Um, yes, she has degrees in, I think, like English psychology. And she is a premier scholar in UFOlogy, ufology, if you will. But she's done a lot of work with um, young Native American women and done a lot of ethnographies with Native American women in the education in the higher education but this is one of her many ethnographies about native american encounters with aliens and ufos and so it's a collection of short stories where kind of like short stories there's different chapters where she's in different countries she got in this book particularly she goes to south america it was a seven year adventure through belize honduras guatemala and mexico and she met uh, people who are descended from the Aztecs, uh, people who are Mayan, other native groups in South America, and interviewed them to collect their encounters with sky gods, giants, little people, reptile aliens, UFO sightings, all of these things, and visited different archaeological sites and did, I think in this book, there's over a hundred individual interviews. And it is 
fascinating. It's terrifying as well. Some of these encounters made me have to put the book down. I could not sleep after some of these encounters. They were so terrifying. And also the way she just humanizes people that she meets and really shares the experiences of all of these different Native groups in South America is fantastic. It's beautiful. And it's just like, dude, aliens. And it discusses how um, specifically the Aztec and Mayan people believe that they are descended from sky people. So they are the descendants of aliens and how the aliens are going to come back one day and recollect their people. So I feel like if you are a really big alien encounter person, and if you're into nonfiction as well, this is it. This is the book for you because it's so well done. It's so well researched. You can tell that she really is like a fantastic researcher, a fantastic ethnographer. And then it is just so cool with all of these stories. It is so fascinating to the point that I've read several of her other books in different areas that also deal with Native American encounters with aliens. So, Sky People, Untold Stories of Alien Encounters in Mesoamerica. Read it, because I'm so sick and tired of UFO-like studies being white-centric. This is what you need. This is it. This is it. They're real. There's aliens out there. And Artie Six Color Clark proves it. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> I, I would read it. That was a good pitch. It's a really good book. I've recommended it to so many people. I've made one other person read it so far and they loved it. And I've recommended it to so many other people. I just think it's kind of hard to get your hands on, but it is totally worth it. I think I read it as an ebook off of Scribd or something. It's brilliant. Bye bye bye. So that's all we have for today, I do believe. Love mm-hmm. that. Um, if you are one of our listeners, please tell us what are you reading? Um, what have you read lately? What books do you hate? What books do you love? And what are some books you would like for us to recommend to our book club and possibly read? Yeah. That's it. Bye. Bye. How do I end this? Click the record button. Oh, it's <laughs> stop. The Mocha Segment is a Black Brew production.